Money FM 89.3. Best of Breakfast. The Bigger Picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. This is The Bigger Picture with me, Imad Akhtar. The three major U.S. benchmarks ended mixed on Friday as investors digested the latest PCE price index data, which is the Fed's preferred inflation metric, and looked ahead to a potential government shutdown over the weekend. The Dow Jones retreated 0.5% to 33,508 points. The S&P 500 dropped by 0.3% to 4,288 points, while the Nasdaq gained 0.1% to 13,219 points. The core PCE, which strips out volatile food and energy prices, rose 0.1% in August and 3.9% annually. As it turned out, the U.S. narrowly averted a disruptive and costly shutdown of federal agencies as Congress passed compromise legislation to keep the government running until November the 17th. Well, joining us on the line now to make sense of this all is Oriano Litza, a sales trader at CMC Markets. Oriano, thanks for joining me this morning. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, Emma. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries at all. Oriano, the Fed's preferred measure of underlying inflation, the PCA deflator, rose at the lowest monthly pace since late 2020. Could this potentially, in your opinion, influence policymakers to perhaps forego an interest rate hike at their next meeting? Yeah, I think yeah, regardless of how we look at it, um, yeah, inflation does still remain at an elevated level for the time being. Um, it, is, it, is, it is a small sort of or, you know, a plausible outcome in this particular um, instance of the current market that we're facing. I think, I think it's the best outcome uh, for the wider market. Uh, it will be a pause. Um, uh, will be probably yeah, the best outcome we can see. I think that is in line with the, the way that the Fed is managing, obviously, this, this rate or this inflationary environment. So I guess with a couple of other factors externally, with uh, yields rising and those higher commodity prices soaring, they're really adding fuel to the fire in terms of um, the, you know, the current uh, you know, sort of headwinds that, that the Fed does, uh, does face. Uh, looking further into the week, that the balancing act comes and they'll be focused on the job market. Um, but, you know, if they do look to increase rates, that could place additional pressure on sort of pricing and impact smaller businesses and wage growth. Mm. Now, another major development that took place over the weekend was the U.S. government managing to avoid a shutdown after the Senate passed a last-minute spending bill, uh, essentially giving the government a 45-day buffer to complete funding negotiations. Oriano, has the world's largest economy averted a potential catastrophe here? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm not sure what the reasoning in mind is for leaving it to the last, um, the 11th hour every time, but it seems to be the case. Um, they can't afford a shutdown at this, this current um, sort of juncture at the moment. Mm. Um, the, you know, it just emphasises that you know, they've got wider issues. Facing, uh, they're facing sort of wider issues at the moment, and I guess we saw the positive impact to futures trading earlier this morning where the indexes rallied slightly um, on the open. Um, so the fragility of the markets and the current situation you know, that, that they are looking at. They can't really uh, afford any other uh, external headwinds for the time being. Now, also in the limelight or spotlight, rather, has been China's uh, ailing property sector. Some key information was released over the weekend with respect to this. China's home sales moderated their decline in September following stepped-up efforts from Beijing to support the housing sector. Now, the value of new home sales among the 100 biggest real estate companies fell just over 29% from a year earlier to over 400 billion yuan, and that's narrowing from a 34% decline in August. Positive signs for the property sector, you think? 
Uh, I think in the short term, uh, definitely. And, and, and I think what we have seen from the Chinese government, they tinkered with some adjustments um, on the fringes of the economy. But this is the real sort of, I guess, uh, uh, more conviction call that they've made in recent times by obviously you know, looking to stimulate the economy through easier credit credits for lending and also looking at repayment terms for some sort of debtors. Um, I guess one other thing to consider as well is that you know the property sector is heavily controlled as other banks by by the government in China, so they need to be able to manage both sides. They don't want the, they obviously naturally want the property sector to you know rebound from its current uh, from its current position, but then. Um, they also need to manage the, um, the, the debt obligations that the banks have. So they don't really be robbing Peter to pay Paul in this instance mm. and still seeing both sectors come out um, you know, beneficially. Now, I want to touch on commodities markets. Uh, an OPEC Plus panel is slated to be held this week on Wednesday. Tighter supplies and rising demand have driven an oil price rally of late. Can we expect... Oriano, current oil output policy to be tweaked at this meeting? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't think they, uh, well, the, the OPEC members specifically, I don't think that they are looking to have, um, to make any major adjustments. But one, so, uh, one interesting um, article that has come out is that they are restricting sort of media access to the event. So whether we are, whether they are looking to make some deals behind closed doors, which they don't want the markets to um, sort of react to, that, that could be something uh, that they might be looking at. We've seen Saudi Arabia and Russia obviously implement uh, yeah, export bans and obviously uh, supply cuts over the last few months. Um, and they, it's in their best interest for prices to stay at elevated levels for the time being. Okay, I'm sure investors will keep their eyes peeled on that one. Before I let you go, though, Oriana, what are some key economic indicators that investors should be tracking this week? It's quite a big, uh, quite a big week in terms of uh, economic data from a macro perspective this week. So I guess in locally or in the ASEAN region, um, you've got uh, the RBA and the RBNZ uh, looking at their next round of rate decisions. Um, now they're probably going to the RBA. Looks they both look like they're going to hold for the time being. Uh, within the eurozone, it's a little bit of a different story where PMI data will be released. So that will give us a clear indication of inflationary levels. Now the eurozone at the moment is one of those outliers in terms of we look like we're having a global sort of pause for the time being um, but the Eurozone said that they, uh, Christina Lagarde said, came out and said that she will continue to uh, raise for longer if she, if she needs to to get inflation under control and I guess the primary uh, the primary macro um, information that we are going to be looking at focusing specifically for the US is the non-farm payrolls so we need to get an idea whether employment is cooling um, and whether the Fed has any wiggle room uh, to naturally pause which we think they will do, um, or whether further rate hikes will occur in early 2024. All right, lots to look forward to this week. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on this morning, Oriano. Thanks for your insights. Thanks so much, Imad. Thanks for having me. We've been speaking with Oriano Litsa, sales trader at CMC Markets. Stay with Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.